Hey everybody, before we begin this week's episode of Tea Time, and if you are listening to this on Thursday, August the 19th, I have a question for you. What are you you doing tonight? Your answer should be you're going to Barley and Vine in Flint, Michigan for their weekly trivia night. But this is unlike any other trivia night because my friends Lena and Josh Blair have invited me to come in and host a very special professional wrestling themed edition of their trivia night. They are located at 1072 Elms Road, Sweet Bee in Flint, and you can be a part of all the fun and excitement as well as sampling a vast variety of food and drink. We encourage you to check out their website for all of the latest information. It is barleyandvinemi.com. So join me here tonight, August the 19th, beginning at 7 p.m. for a very special turnbuckle trivia exclusively at Barley and Vine. We hope you will join us. The following is a Klaus of the Heart presentation, rated M for mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of the family under 18 years of age. Two longtime friends with a seemingly ignorant amount of free time. And uh, we are recording. I'm just going to hit the record button now. Have decided to start their own podcast. I mean, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, it can only get better, right? (laughs) (laughs) Unique. This is their show. No format, no filter. My cup of tea, Mr. Burgett. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to call bullshit right out of the gate. Because... Jack Old Creation Podcast presents Jason Klaus and Jim Burgett. This is Tea Time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tea Time. As a part of the, of the Jack Old Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm, I'm Jason Klaus. Jim Burgett is with me. We're off and rolling. Yeah, we got breaking news early. Yeah, yeah. Jack, Jack Morris has been canceled. What do you mean? You didn't hear? The, oh my god! So I have not been online. I have. I don't. I have not. I've been all over hell and half of uh, Maryland here today. So I don't know what's going on. So last night. Show, God, forgive me, because now I will. Otani, yes, came up to bat, and Jack Morris said, "Now I want you to bleep this out." I'm not going to be able to do that. Oh, okay, great. (laughs) Be very, very careful. He hunting rabbit, and they thought that he was mocking the Asian community, and now the Tigers have suspended Jack Morris indefinitely. And uh, they put out a big press release and everything. Give me a break. Are you serious? And then he apologized at the top of the ninth inning. And uh, he said it wasn't intended that way, but yeah. So, okay. 
this is news to me. Um, Yeah, he made an Elmer Fudd. Well, he claims it was an Elmer Fudd remark. Yeah. uh, Talking about the Tigers pitcher, but it just so happened to be when Otani was at the plate. You know what? Um, If that's the case, the management of the Detroit Tigers can go fuck themselves because that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. How are you going to see now you got me fired up right out of the gate. How are you going to to correlate an Elmer Fudd impression with making fun of somebody of Asian uh, heritage? What are we doing right now? Are you serious? I am serious. I wish I wasn't. Jesus Christ. How ignorant. How ignorant is that? You know what did come across my radar, T? And and I can't even believe that this is a th- that that this is a thing. Um, and I don't know what the whole story is because I don't care enough to dive that deep in into Twitter about it. But some, you know, I get on there, <laughs> and Ric Flair is trending. Have you heard about this? Do you know no. why Ric Flair was trending here today? Not um, because he's going back into the ring. Not because he's probably going to wind up in AE, you know, AEW, none of that shit. <clears throat> allegedly, and I say allegedly, there is a photograph going around social media, specifically Twitter, that looks, that appears that a man that looks a lot like Ric Flair, forgive me here, I don't know how else to say this. Um, is performing an orally sexual act on a woman in, on a train. On a what? On a train. Oh, okay. And apparently this is breaking news. Now, I don't know why anybody is shocked by this. If you know who Ric Flair is, even at 70-something years old, Ric Flair is still Ric Flair. You, I mean, that's just how he's always been. So why is this news? And is the picture even him? So I see that. I get on here. You're telling me this thing about Jack Morris, one of the best pitchers in the history of our hometown franchise, makes a joke, makes an impression of Elmer fucking Fudd, and, and all of a sudden he's now making fun of Asian people? I don't understand. What's the correlation here? Help me understand this because I'm at a loss for goddamn words at this point, and we are like five minutes in, into this goddamn thing. All right, I, well, well, we'll stay on the same type of subject, but we won't go this route. We went to the game Saturday night, and let right. me tell you what. I came away with two experiences. Well, quite a few, actually. Unfortunately, the way things are being run right now with COVID and all this other shit, they don't have the help they need down there. Nobody does. No, I I understand. There is no vendors, only in, I mean, beer aisles and lines, as far as the eye could see. Food lines, just. And apparently the game we were at, they had 32,000 and some change. One of the biggest crowds they've had in, in since, like, 2019. For obvious reasons. Well, right, right. But, I mean, even that Friday night when they came back home, they weren't cranked to capacity like they were Saturday. 
Uh, the game atmosphere was amazing. Every, I mean, every time Miggy came up, every ball, every strike was felt with enthusiasm or utter disgust. There was right. no happy medium. Yeah, these pitchers that, pitching against them are fucking... I know. Um, and then bitches. I, you know, they drilled him, and I think it was his second at bat because his first one, he got a base set. And I know that because we were standing out line because the lines to get in the park were so horrendous because it's not, they don't have every single gate open now. We had two lines and it was long and we missed like the first inning and a half. And, uh, uh, man, I feel, I feel bad for the staff that is understaffed. That's not, that is not an ideal situation given how everybody sucks, you, you know, and, the fact that they're still able to, to get through that, it, it's, there's a lot of pressure there. It's, I mean, with you know how people are, you know, always impatient, wanting more stuff. Beer was expensive. And now they're doing this thing where they want to tip and they're taking card only, no cash. So, you know, they, they have a tip thing on there as well as beer prices soar up to like 13 bucks a beer. Shut up. Are you serious? You know what I mean? Yeah, it was it was pretty ridiculous. And like I said, any any food you had to go and get there early, because if not, you're going to be in there probably about two innings waiting to get something. It was that part of it was horrendous. But the game atmosphere, Comerica Park, that place was fucking rocking, man. And when they drilled him in that second at bat, you thought we were in the Game seven of the World Series. It was so loud in there. It was probably one of the busiest games that I've been to as far as attendance-wise. And, and they were all – it was just rocking there. You had yeah. sent me a, a video that you took of, of that particular at-bat. And even with the shitty sound quality that, that, you, that you typically, you know – when you're doing a video through your phone, the sound quality is not up to mm -hmm. speed, right? But I, I mean, the the video clip that you had sent me through text message, even in that atmosphere, even in through a cell phone, you could tell just how raucous that yeah. crowd was. So yeah. I, I, I can only imagine what it was like being there in person. And because I just. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Because you, you, you know, we've been watching it on, on TV here, you know, right. and, and, and Miggy's at bats have become must see TV. Like yeah. people are texting each other every time he's on the on deck circle, he's about ready to step up. Everybody stop what they're doing, switch the channel over and watch this. And brother it, I mean, the noise from the TV is off the charts. So I can only imagine what, what it's like to be there in person. He, he struck out and every, every, when he, he walked up, the whole park just stood up and they had their phones out. And that last video I had sent you was the bottom of the eighth. And he made, he connected. And I thought that was it. He did it. And he was about 10, 10 to 15 feet short of that foul pole in right field. And I thought, holy fuck, he just didn't at the time. You know what I sure. mean? I, like, I couldn't believe what I was watching, but just uh, amazing. And then once again, Eric, Eric Hammer and Eric Haas coming through and uh, and getting that, that big base hit with the bases loaded was huge. And, and it was such a great game, great environment. 
But, uh, man, shit was fucked up down there. Parking, they had the two lots in front of Ford Field completely closed. So we had to do the loop around, and we got into the Ford Field, the parking structure, and walked over. And then as we got into the field, I looked down, and they had reopened up one of the structures in front of Ford Field. But it was a little too little too late, you know. But I'm going to go on a rant here about this when when we get past this particular segment here, because I have some things to say about the whole staffing thing. Um, but but keeping in line with the whole with the Detroit Tigers, yeah. um, I, I feel like I'm a jinx and I'm going to tell you why um, it was not. Two or three days ago, my son and I were sitting here watching the Tigers game. And um, a, a gentleman come out of the bullpen that we have seen time and time and time again. Has been here for years, it seems like. Um, it doesn't have the most, the most flattering numbers, but th this is a guy who has put in his all. And I, I have been a fan of his. And I says to Austin... This guy has been here for a long time, and I feel like he doesn't have the respect from the from the fan base that he that he deserves. Just based solely because th this is the guy that I felt like really wanted to be a Detroit Tiger. Now, how many players have come and gone with this franchise to where you just feel like they're there for a paycheck? They're there for a contract. They're not really invested in the team. They're not invested in the fan base. They're not invested in the city. Um, that has not, in, at least in, in, in my estimation, and I, you know, Maybe there's there's other other things out there that I'm not aware of, but I have been a fan of Buck Farmer for a long time. Oh yeah. And then today, this morning, I get on Twitter and I see a tweet that that he had put out there, and apparently he's he's gone, he's out of here. Yeah, that's kind of my right? Yeah, that's my understanding. So I feel like I fucked him up because I <laughs> just said I just said something to Austin about how you know this. This guy is a is is a is is a constant in our bullpen. Now, is I mean, are his numbers great? No, I mean they're not off the charts, but they weren't terrible. You know what yeah. I mean? Not in I, the grand scheme of things. I wasn't a huge fan when we first got him. It always seemed like they put him in there, and he just wasn't towing the line. And I I I, I guess, and this is probably from my own ignorance, is I didn't even know he was still on the big club. Mm -hmm. I thought he was down in the minors you know until mm -hmm. i saw something about it today how he was designated for assignment or waivers or whatever it was you know right but i didn't know you liked him i did i i you know i was a fan because of of his of his tenure here Right. And I felt like, you know, I, and I've read in interviews, I've seen him on TV and stuff and I felt like this is a guy that that is invested in this franchise. And those are the kind of players I rally around. They don't have to be home run Kings. They don't have to have the league lead in, uh, in strikeouts and things of this nature. But if you're going out there and, and, and you're really putting forth all of your effort, win, lose or draw, man, you have my support. Right. And it, it was just, like I said, I was, I was bummed, man. Like I, 
I sent I sent Austin a text message because he wasn't here this morning when when I got home, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> Buck Farmer is gone. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. What What do I know? I'm just a dumb fan, right? <laughs> Aren't we all? I mean, you know. Listen, I... uh, no, uh, you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I was listening to the game here. Before you, we linked up here and uh, hit a two-run homer, of course. We've got a former, a couple former Tigers on that team. Iglesias plays for the Angels, too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about looking for a home next year for a few years. And they brought up, well, the Tigers are looking for a shortstop. And I just like, oh, no. No, don't. No, right. Give Zach Short a chance. I I see I see promise in in that kid. You know who uh, who else I I have kind of gotten along the lines of appreciating, and I didn't really care for him in the beginning when when he he came up here was um, oh hell I forgot his name now. <laughs> Boy, I hate those moments. Jake uh, Rogers. Yes, thank you. The catcher? Yes. Yeah. I was, when he first came up, I was like, ah, this I know. guy annoys me. But you know what? He's another one of these guys that is really, at least from what I've seen, he makes the most of every opportunity that he has. Now, for whatever reason, T, I've always had an, an, an appreciation for, for, for catchers. You know what I mean? Because they're kind of like the the ringleader on the defensive side, in my opinion, like Gerald Laird when, when he was here. I loved that guy. Everybody shit on him. I love that guy. Alex Avila. Every, anybody who knows me knows what a huge fan I am of Alex Avila, even to this day. And I, I wish I wish his numbers were were better than 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 what they were. 2000 uh, Silver Slugger Award winner, baby. <laughs> Listen, I I loved Avila. I thought he he was fantastic. Now, a Grayson uh, Griner, I'm not a fan of this guy. I'm just not. And uh, Jake Rogers, you know, like I said, it, it took me a minute, but before I hopped on his bandwagon. But again, this is a guy that I feel like is really trying to maximize his minutes. Is it an effort to get him out of the Tigers organization? Then he can sign on with somebody else. Well, that I mean, I guess that could be a thing. But why not put that focus on here, on this team, the team that is offering you this opportunity for you to to be a part of the show, as they call it. Right. Um, you know, that's just, I don't know, man. And then, you know, on the other side of it, and I don't know if you want to call this anomaly or not, but it trips me out that all catchers should all be batting over 300. The reason I say this is because they're ring generals back there, right? They're generals that they call the games. How are they not tipped off by other pitchers when they're batting? Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, this is not the Houston Astros. I I can tell you that. <laughs> it's a weird thing for me to think about that. It's because, you know, they do so good and they get strikeouts here in, in certain situations. You think while well, they're in, up at bat, they've been through all those situations and all them different counts. 
and how you're not leading the league in home runs and RB and, and average is beyond me, but it's just a weird thing to me. I don't know, but no, I'm think, with you. I think we'll see some moves in the off season. I really do. And it, it might be for a couple of, of uh, positional players that might, might be the ticket, you know? Right. Well, uh, before we, I mean, is there anything else on, on the baseball front that, no. that, that you would like to touch on? No, nope, I'm good. All right. Well, I'm going to go on a rant here for a second. All right. Sounds good. Because this is not just, uh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Your, your screen went black. That's I, why I asked. I, I'm here. Okay. Um, listen, th- th- this is not regulated to just the the stadiums of Major League Baseball. This is across the board in this country. Because um, I don't know if I was talking with you about this or if it was on one of the uh, the other shows here on the uh, on on the network, but uh, we will. You froze up there for a second. Okay. Uh, we went to Michigan Adventures um, okay. a couple weeks back, and they had staffing issues. You go up and down your main street in any town here in America right now, and every other one has a um, help wanted sign. Some of these businesses can't operate on their regular business hours because they don't have enough you know, uh, enough people to fill these spots. Um, And the argument has been, you know, and in, in some aspects, man, I get it. I, I, I do. But on the other hand, it's like at some point reality has to come into play here. And I realize that there is a number of people who make more money by sitting at home and collecting unemployment. That's why these baseball stadiums and the and and the concession stands and things of this nature, they're closed down. They don't have enough people to operate. That's why these these restaurants, a lot of times, you know, these are locally owned mom and pop type of op, of operations. They're risking losing their business because they can't they, they can't bring in enough staff to to do what they need to do. Just about every sector of of employment in this country is dealing with this. So here's my thing. Get your fucking lazy asses up off the couch and go to work. Your your time of taking advantage of of the government, whether you want to realize it or not, you are on borrowed time. Like September 1st, that shit is done. All, all of these extensions, all of these, these, these special what, whatever the case, all of that's going to dry up. Then where, where are you at? The, then you're going to see a mad scramble to these businesses trying to get jobs and things of this nature. And I understand. I understand that in the grand scheme of things, in your particular situation, you may be making more money on unemployment, but... I mean, for me, and maybe I'm the one who's weird, T, I take a great a, 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 an amount of pride knowing that I come home at the end of my shift, and I know with the, with, without a shadow of a doubt, during the course of the time that I was at work, I put in my all. 
Good days, bad days, it doesn't matter. I know I put in my all. And I and, and I guess that's my work ethic. And I know you're the same way. And that's what it boils down to. The younger people here that are entering the workforce, they have no work ethic. They are lazy, entitled people who feel like that the whole fucking world owes them something. That that the people we put into power in our states, in our towns, in, in, in our cities, they owe them something. Bullshit. You got to go out and you got to fucking earn it. And it's, and, and it's because of this mentality that baseball stadiums, that, that, that the bar and, and, you know, down the road, the, the, the restaurant right next door, the small plants part on, 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 on the outskirts, they can't operate. And, and the people who are the owners of, of these businesses are, are stressed out because they're worried about losing their lifetime investment, losing their business, losing the thing that, that means something to, you know, to them. And I'm all fired up about it because it's it's one case after another. And and it's these same self-entitled people that will go on social media and tell them how the whole world is is trying to hold them down. Do something about it. You know what I mean? I do. All right, I'm I, done. My 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 head's pounding. I'm sweating. This is no good. Got two veins on top of your head. One looks like 75 and 94 emerging. Brother, I feel it too. Like Cadillac. <laughs> when did this become a thing though? Because this is not how you and I were raised. At, at least, you know, I, I assume my parents instilled in me from a very early age. You want something? You need to go out and work for it. You wow. need to earn it. Nothing is going to be handed to you. When did that change? And learn and learn a skill like a technical skill or something, because that stuff never that stuff never goes out a bit. You know, what I mean, They're, you're always looking for technical um, trade, uh, uh, line workers, uh, construction, all HVAC. that. HVAC. It that builds that keeps the country moving. That you're constantly building stuff. You know, you're constantly air condition, electricity, all that shit, man. HVAC or whatever it's called. Right. You know. I talked about this er earlier this week on the Klaus to the Heart podcast. It, it, you don't have to go to college. You, you know, you, you yeah. could get a scholarship and, and, and that's great, even if you get a full ride one. But there's nothing that, that promises that you're going to have a six-figure job waiting for you. You know right. what I'm saying? Go to a trade school. Learn how to do something. Learn how to fix this, build that, what, whatever the case may be. You I'm totally a, with you. You take a, take a lot more pride in a hard day's work like that opposed to getting a few hundred likes on a phone, you know? <laughs> Ain't that the goddamn truth? The whole focus, the whole shift, you know, changed at some point at, at the dawn of this millennium and it's sad bro and yeah. and and it takes you know us as parents to try to get our children back on the right path and and the right path is hard work equals su success it's yeah. not going to come easy and i understand that 
But, I mean, at some point, we got to come to the realization that right now our future is fucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I don't know how else to, to put it. I'm you know, fired up, man. Some of these people got to turn to some of their athletes. Some of these guys have worked their ass off to get where they're at in like a professional sport. They get a lot of money for that, but they're also, they're the elite of the elite. They don't just, not all of them just happen upon that type of skill. Yeah, you're born with it, but the other half, you got to bust your ass for it, you know? And, you know, you got to have that work ethic, that work mentality that if you want to succeed, you got to put it in, you know? And that's that's just how it is. No, I, uh, I, I I managed to go up north. Tubing did not happen, but I did go up north, saw a couple of bald eagles, about a hundred deer, and uh, sat at a bonfire and just watched the Muskegon River flow on down. That sounds very relaxing. Didn't do shit, and I thought it was everything it could be. Good. Yeah. Look, we all we all have to have days and nights like that, man. Just kind of uh, unplug from society and yeah. just let yourself become one with nature. Even if it's sitting around a bonfire, whether it's in your backyard or at, at a state park, and just take in the sights and the sounds and the smells of real life. Because ultimately, it gets no more real than that, right? And try to do it before dark, before these fucking skeeters carry you off. I mean, right? I mean, unless you're gonna draw yourself a bath with deet in it or something yeah. like that. They've been terrible. They that's, have been. That's the only thing I'm not a little looking forward to bow hunting, because sometimes they're still lingering around. Then you know, and it's just like you're always waiting for that first frost to happen, and then they're kind of going bye bye. So. And I even did that. I got all my hunting stuff out. Going to be taking my bow in soon. Have it get looked at. Got a few things. Got to get adjusted, baby. And I'll be ready to go. So I'm, you know, I'm obviously not a big hunter. Um, I haven't been hunting in the woods since I was a kid. Um, so I don't have a lot of experience with this. But I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know you will, um, you can't put <laughs> you can't put like that sounded very judgmental. <laughs> you can't put like deep woods off on you and go sit in the woods and expect a deer to walk up on you, right? Because they bro, bro. smell that shit. Usually it's not that bad, but that first week if it rains, no, you don't. You you, you can wear netting kinda, you know. I now, I don't know if other hunters do, but I do not. I have a cover scent that I use, but as far as, like, repellent, no, I don't put that on there. Um, I try to keep all my gear. I've got this, I got gear called Scent Lock. I've got a bag. It all stays in there, and uh, uh, it holds holds everything inside the gear instead of on the outside, and then I also have a like a pending on what uh it's doing outside like if the leaves are they've got uh like a cover scent for fall leaves and it's like oaky smell you know what i mean like uh, oak leaves and they've got just a neutralizer where it's just nothing but uh other than that yeah that but that's more or less for the deer but yeah ne- I, i've never used mosquito spray out there ever 
Yeah, I always wondered about that because I I know, you know, I know people that are, I mean, they are the Ted Nugent of of the area. You know what I mean? Like they live and breathe this shit. They 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 subscribe to all of the magazines. They read all the stuff online um, and they are adamant that they don't put any. I mean, other than deer piss. They, they don't put anything on them because for fear that a deer will smell a, like a, your deep woods off or some sort of repellent and, and they won't come around because, you know, in their minds, um, you know, there's something waiting for them, clearly. So, yeah, uh, it's a pretty good red flag for them. If something's off, you know, their warning sign is they'll blow their nose real loud. It, they call it like a wheezing or a snort. And they do it so loud that if it's just cool enough, you can actually see the steam. It would be, it would kind of be like a bull snorting. But all they're doing, where a bull is like, okay, I'm coming after you, the deer do it to alert any other deer nearby. Like, yo, homies, like, let's bounce. This fucking shit ain't safe. You know what I mean? Right. And 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 they'll also, if they see you and they do that, a lot of times they'll stomp their foot try to get you to move because they're not sure what they're really dealing with they they can smell you maybe not see you so by doing that they're trying to get you to flinch you know and in the moments your heart's just racing because you know you're it's you against them you know and it's 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 the wild you know it's uh it's a rush mm-hmm. no i they, get it hey but they even taste better on a uh, on a hamburger bun <laughs> Oh, I, I, I love looking at deer from the months of January to October. And then after that, I like to look at them on my dinner table. There you go. You there know, it is. yeah, I, I look, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, so I, 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 I grew up on it. No. And see, and that's my appreciation for it because I know, you know, this is something that gets handed down from the grandparents to the parents to the kids, their kids are going to, you know, do the same thing. It's, it's a very, um, it's a very family oriented activity for millions of families around the world. So, I mean, I totally understand it. I can appreciate it. It's just nothing that, you know, I was exposed to in an in-depth type of thing. Like I, like I went, I think I went out in the woods with my dad one time, and I went out with with some friends of mine, but you know, I didn't see anything. I didn't shoot anything. But I I got encompassed with you know the the, the peace of the whole thing. Very peaceful. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're listening to nature. You're just kind of taking it all in, and you know, you're not you're not sitting out there by and large with your at least back then, especially with your face buried in your phone and oblivious to the world around you. You are, you're, you're hearing things, you're seeing things, you're smelling things, you know, it gets no more basic than that. And I feel like with hunting, with fishing, you know, these outdoor type type of, of activities, you gotta, you have to unplug from from technology you have to unplug from all this constant source of negativity and just get back to you and whoever you're sharing a blind with or you're sitting in a boat with or whatever the case may be so i i get it 
I totally un understand it. You know, when you, for me, you know, I go out there. I usually, I'm usually out there hour, maybe hour, 15 minutes before daylight. I like to get everything situated, get, you know, where I'm not going to be moving around, get, I'll listen to a podcast. Like I'll have, my whole blind will be completely dark until a little bit before daylight. And then everything comes off and then I lower my curtain so I can see out there. And then it's just game on. And then a lot of times, so I got a lot of my hunting buddies, we do a circle of good luck text, you know, knock them down, you know, shit like that. So it's kind of nice, you know, you got the, your other hunting community out there at the same time, kind of cheering everybody on. And even if you don't, even if you don't, you know, pull the trigger on one or shoot one or whatever it may be, you know, just to take it all in, see what's going on, see how the other animals are interacting with each other. It's uh, it's nature, baby. No, I get it, man. And uh, especially here in Michigan, that is a huge part of the identity of this state. You know, pure Michigan, as as they say. And you can um, drink coffee tea. I mean, you know. I you, well, you know me, man. I love I love me a, a good a good cup of Joe. Yeah, love might, it. Might have to drag you out here and make you sit in one of these, and uh, you can record. I don't know if that would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, T. Um, How's everything end? Hey, things are good, man. Th yeah. th things are good. Busy, as you can imagine, um, for both personally and professionally. Austin has started fall ball. Um, he and two of his teammates from the Tri-City Lightning team that he was a part of uh, over the summer, the three of them have, they've become very, very close. And, you know, on, on and off the ball field. And they, um, the three of them are together for, and they are now playing fall ball with a, with another team. It's, I don't think it's necessarily a travel team, but um, so they're, they're, they're keeping the baseball thing going. Liberty um, is winding down the ski season. Um so, you know, she's busy and she's trying to figure out what activities she's going to tackle and subsequently probably, you know, kick ass at um, after, after the fact. It's looking like like uh, she wants to do the gymnastics thing, okay. things of that nature. So we got to figure out exactly, you know, the start of school is right around the corner. Uh, so we're getting ready for that. Carrie's working. I'm back to work. For now, uh, we'll see what happens with with these you know issues with parts short shortages and whatnot. But I've been I've I've been um, not informed, but it's been you know um, it's been said that I should really watch what I say in terms of our the industry that that supplies my paycheck because um, you know I could say something that could be too inside for the public to hear um and i could get in trouble because i talk about it on on my show in which case i say fuck you anyway um <laughs> uh my show my rules you know what i mean i'm not on the clock you yeah. know kiss my ass anyway um but along those lines um and i know this is not we're, we're trying to keep this within our our regular time frame, and you had mentioned it a little bit last week, and I don't even know if you want to go into detail, but 
um, you know, you and I have talked personally off air here and I just kind of wanted to see how things were going with your dad. I know he's, he's been having some, some health issues here lately. It's slow going yet, man. He, that bladder surgery doesn't really, it's not, not really healing right. Like it should be. He just went for yesterday. Uh, my sister's been helping out. Uh, well, actually, all of them. I, they've been really good. Uh, I've got three sisters, too. So they've all been taking turns coming down, helping while our, both of us are out working. And and that's been a big help. And uh, um, he goes back, I think, next week to have that that scar from the bladder surgery checked out, see what's going on there. Uh, not much of improvement, you know what I mean? He's just kind of, you know, holding firm for right now, but not really up, but not really down. So I guess, you know what I mean? So right. I guess that's pretty much all I can really say, you know, but thank you for asking. I, I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Well, it's been on my mind, you know, and you know, with things like that, you don't know. You know, you really want to walk a fine line because you don't know what kind of mood the family, like, like in this case, what you know, what kind of frame of mind you're in. I certainly don't want to rip open a raw wound or anything no, like that. But I actually, he actually called because they, he had gotten a prescription and I was going to help him go get that last night and it wasn't ready. And he said, oh, they'll probably have it ready for tomorrow, which meaning today. And I said, okay. And then I kind of, put it out of my head or whatever well i got a phone call around three o'clock and i'm like holy shit you know from the house i'm like and my mind i i went there you know what i mean right well this isn't gonna be good you know what i mean because if my brother's texting me he'd text me he wouldn't he would call me from his phone it wouldn't have been the house phone we we still have a house phone but it's but anyhow right Oh, yeah, but it was just him reminding me that he needed his prescription picked up. So, but, I mean, crisis averted, but for a short second, that's where my my mind went, you know. But just because it's been so up and down, you know, he's he has he has fallen a couple of times. And the last time he had fallen, um, it was kind of in resemblance to when you passed out in your bathroom. You know, you're, you're, you're another level. But your feet were up against the door. I couldn't get in. And with his legs being swelled up, it made it even harder. And I'm not, I'm not really. I think, I think your cellular device is ringing. No, it is, of course, because we're in the, we're in the middle of, of recording a show. So why, why wouldn't that be a thing? It might, it might be your agent. Fucking A. Anyway. <laughs> so, so I managed to, I managed to get him, get in, get into the room. I did have one of those gate belts, you know, that you, that's what you, how you transfer, transfer them. And, uh, I, I tried and I, I, I couldn't do it by myself. So I, I got my brother and it took him a few minutes to get in there, you know? So we both got him up, got him on the bed, got him situated. And then he, he was sore for about a week after that leading into, I think this is week two now. So, but, um, he was in better spirits today. So that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, it's certainly he's he's been on my mind. Your family's been on my mind, so yeah, thank you. Just wanted to get a quick update. Well, T, as we wrap up this this week's episode, um, 
you know, there's there's a lot of moving and shaking parts going on right now here at the at the network. Um, we have a pretty big announcement that we're going to make here tomorrow, this Friday. Um, we encourage everybody to uh, check out the Klaus to the Heart Facebook page uh, for a pretty big announcement. It's going to be in the morning time. I'm thinking like maybe 8, 8 a.m. on Friday morning. We're going to drop a pretty big announcement that I am very, very much looking forward to. Uh, tonight, though, Thursday, the, on, the, on the day that this show drops, uh, I'm going to be hosting Turnbuckle Trivia with my friends over at Barley and Vine at 7 o'clock. And uh, uh, this this is one of those times, T, where I really wish you weren't so damn far away because I, I would love for you to come out and be a part of this, you know, join a team or something like that. We're very much looking forward to going over there. My friends, the Blairs, have done a remarkable job with, with their business there on Elms Road in Flint. It starts at 7 p.m. You can find all the information, barleyandvinemi.com. So, and for all the latest uh, news and information about our network of podcasts, we invite you to check out um, our social media accounts on Facebook. For us, just look for at Tea Time. And uh, the official website is klaustotheheart.net. So, for for Jim Burgett, I am uh, me, and <laughs> we certainly Hi. appreciate you. Uh, t- yeah, I'm Jason Klaus. Um, I figured everybody knew that by now, but maybe not. Um, anyway, um, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will see you next week right here on Tea Time. Unique New York, unique New York.